This is 105.9 The Region. There are so many ways of communicating these days, but nothing seems to beat the one-on-one. This is In Conversation with Ann Romer. Welcome to In Conversation. This show is, in my view, upfront, up close, and positive. I love the television show Hudson and Rex. Charlie Hudson, played by actor John Reardon, is energetic, engaging, and pretty handsome, too. But it's his partner in crime fighting, Rex, who really steals the show. No jealousy, though, on Reardon's part, because Rex is a gorgeous, intelligent, highly skilled German shepherd named Diesel, brilliantly trained by Sherry Davis. Sherry joins us now in conversation from St. John's, Newfoundland, where she's on location preparing Diesel for his return to the role of Rex the Canine Cop in Hudson and Rex. Welcome, Sherry. Hey, Anne. Thanks for having us. So how did you know that Diesel could act? Okay, actually, I didn't. So this is a really funny story. Uh, one of my other dogs had been casted as Rex, and he he's much blacker. And um, anyways, I had gone to pick up one puppy. I ended up picking up two brothers, which happened to be Rex's nephews, Diesel's nephews. And Diesel was at the breeders in a kennel and he had been returned to the breeder. Um, Apparently he was, uh, you know, a little hard to handle, untrainable, whatever they said. And, you know, we locked eyes and we just had this connection and he was one and a half years old. And I said, you know what, let me take him and try him. And the breeder's like, nah, you don't want him. I'm like, yes, I, let me let me see what he's going to be like. And three days later, they were like, that's Rex. And I was like, oh, boy, we've got a lot of work cut out for us, kiddo. <laughs> so how did you train him to do the things he did in the first season? He knows so much more now, and he, and he is a full-blown actor. But what did you do in the early going, the first season of Hudson and Rex? You know, it's really funny. The first thing um, I did was I only had weeks to actually build a rapport with him and to um, have a working relationship as well as uh, owner relationship with him. So a lot of it was a lot. And I mean, a lot was just confidence building, trust building. We did a whole bunch of games that built trust between he and I. So Um, You know, when I asked him to do something, he kind of would give me that look and I'm like, you can do it, buddy. And it was a lot of positive. Yay. Like I I was like his biggest cheerleader in in season one. So and and from there, our relationship blossomed and so did his talents. And we train every single day. There's not a day goes by. We train seven days a week. And what does that training involve? And, And particularly now, as you are poised to start the new season? You know, it's funny, each each season I tried to up the ante a little bit with the stunts and with his behaviors and his looks and, you know, whatever we're giving to um, the show. So, you know, we never stop training. This season, <laughs> there's going to be some pretty amazing things happening this season. And, you know, every day is, is just a learning curve. And every day we we are trying to perfect things. There's a couple things that from season one, I'm still trying to perfect on him that I haven't even offered the show yet because I want it to be perfect when he does it and we still got some little glitches and, you know, and we may never get there, 
But, you know, maybe we will get there in season four. Who knows? In past episodes, Rex Diesel has chased a moving vehicle, pulled someone from the water, leapt from a car window, jumped from a a food truck, swimming, crawling, diving, sneezing, winking. How do you train a dog to do that? Lots and lots of patience. (laughs) You know, I I hear people, I don't have two-legged kids. I have four-legged kids. And and that's exactly what it is. It's, you need more patience than you need with two-legged kids. And, you know, it's just having the right relationship. It's balance. You know, I am their best friend, but at the same time, don't push your limits. It's no different than having a two-legged kid. You're not going to let your two-legged kid bite your company. You're not going to let them jump all over your company. You're not going to let them uh, yell and scream when somebody comes to the door. And you, if, if you take that analogy and you put it into your dogs, you go, oh, my gosh, I wouldn't want my two-legged kid do this. Why am I letting my four-legged kid do this? So, you know, where people actually sit there and they go, oh, you know, it's a dog. And I'm like, your dog is so much more intelligent than we are. You know, they, they are so intelligent, they actually have us trained to do what they want. <laughs> you know, in, in, all, in all honesty, you know, my, I can't take a kid down um, a high school corridor and walk through the corridor and the kid is going to say, oh, Locker 113 has something they shouldn't have in there, where I can take Diesel down a high school corridor and he'll stop at Locker 113 and go, you better cut the lock now, Mom. Wow. So, yeah, it's amazing. Sherry, how do you command Diesel Rex on the set? Do you use visual commands or verbal? I'm glad you asked that because people don't realize, um, dogs don't understand that there's a pandemic. So putting masks on um, has been really challenging because when the actors are talking, I can't cue him over the actors. So a lot of what I'm doing with him is body, hand signals, and visual signals. But now that you've got a mask on, it makes it makes the the challenge that much more harder. So there are times where I can speak to him, but I'd say 85% of the time I'm directing him, he is being directed on uh, a facial and body language as well as hand signal. And what about John Reardon, the other star of Hudson and Rex? Does he has he been trained <laughs> to to use some commands for for Diesel? You know what? Uh, uh, I am very, very blessed that I have such an amazing cast. John Reardon has been like a little angel to us. He now can get Diesel to speak and go with, and he has him giving paw. He has him putting the seat up on his chest. Um, you know, he's been a great, great asset uh, working with Johnny. How do you keep Diesel focused? You know, there's a lot going on on a set, and whether it's inside, which is a more controlled atmosphere, or out on the street, how does he stay focused? How do you keep him focused? Actually, you're never going to believe this. Um, The command for him is, you're working. And I tell him, mind your manners, you're working. And then it's 100% focus. If he doesn't hear that, if he's allowed to look around, he's allowed to oh, hey, who's over there? Oh, look, we've got new extras. Oh, look, there's people across the street watching us. As soon as I say, ah, let's go, mind your manners, we're working, it's 100% focus, and he's like in his zone. Does it show that he loves his job? Do you know that? 
You know, it's funny, people ask all the time because he does work a lot. Uh, in fact, I think he's the most worked actor on the show. And, um, you know, when we, when we get to St. John's, um, he's all excited to get off the plane and, you know, he comes to his house that's here. He's got a cook, he's got a chef, he's <laughs> got a spa day at once a week, every week. Um, and then we go to set and when we go to set, everybody's like, oh my God, they give him hugs and kisses and back rubs. And I'm like, no wonder he likes coming to set all the time. Everybody is like so happy to see him. They give him a massage, they give him a kiss. And I'm like, um, hi, I'm with Diesel. <laughs> it's me, Sherry. <laughs> you know, my back could use a good rub too. Oh, so let me ask you this, Sherry. Does the uh, production company give you a script ahead of time so that you're able to practice, say, the day before you're shooting a particular scene or series of scenes? Actually, I try and get uh, the scripts as as they are presented, which means I get them actually before any of the actors or the crew actually gets them because there is so much prep that we have to do. So it, it's very interesting. Um, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people understand really what I'm doing is I'm just not wrangling. I choreograph all the dog movement with the actor movement, and then the director directs me, and I'm the director of the animals and the and the wrangling team. So I've got to be able to produce what the actor, what I've got to produce what the director wants. Um, at the same time, I've got to produce what the actors want the dog to do with the actors and choreograph that movement with what the director is asking for. So there's quite a bit involved in a dog master, um, uh, quite a bit more than just wrangling. And when I say just wrangling, wrangling is hard enough on its own. But as a dog master, I'm on set for all the rehearsals, for the blockings, and then, of course, for the shooting. And then I go into the production meetings, the logistic meetings, the dog stunt meetings. And it's all this on top of just being on set and, and shooting the show. I had no idea. Wow. So yeah. has, has there ever been a fail? <laughs> I, do, I don't think Diesel ever fails. Rex never fails. But has there ever been something that's been a little madcap that has happened on the set with, with Diesel? You know, it's really funny. Um, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. I will admit that. So I prep and prep and prep and prep to avoid these situations. And if I'm having an issue with a scene or a stunt, I will offer up, I will always say to the director, we need to have a meeting, can you look at this? Could we put the cameras over here and get this angle instead of this angle because of this reason? Or we need to do this and change this. And so that's that choreographing and directing stuff that I do with the directors themselves to avoid those situations. But I will tell you, Mr. Diesel is a little bit of a diva because if he's called in and they have not done finals and I put him in his position, because sometimes, you know, there's a little lack of communication where we bring them in a little bit too early and I'll put them in his position and then they'll say finals. He'll look at me and go and get off of his mark and go and lay down somewhere and be like, are you kidding me? And wait until they actually call go to first. That's that is so great. <laughs> what have you learned about 
the breed through this and about Diesel himself through this experience, several seasons now under your belt and under his paw. What have you learned about him and the breed? You know, um, I've been involved with dogs my whole life. And, uh, you know, I was going to be a vet and save all the dogs in the world. And I dabbled a bit into the veterinary medicine aspect of stuff and realized that I could save more lives by training dogs and owners than I could being a natural veterinarian. And um, that put me on the career path that I'm on. Instead of the medical side, I went to the training and rehabilitation side. And, you know, um, he's proof in the pudding that, you know, somebody had taken this dog as a puppy, bought this dog from a very reputable breeder, and brought the dog back. And, you know, it says a lot about the breeder because he took his breed back. He took the dog back. But, you know, it was, he can't be trained, he's untrainable, whatever the situation was, why it didn't work um, is, is, has nothing to do with me and that's not what this is about but it just goes to show you i say dogs are like marriages oh there he is getting his consensus dogs are like marriages not every marriage is going to work out sometimes what happens is you know you have to have a divorce and then that person finds a new family and is it's a match made in heaven right so you know, it just shows how resilient dogs are and how special they are and how endearing and committed that they are if you put the work into them. And the German Shepherd is such an amazing breed. They will, they have heart and soul like no other dogs. They're, they're going to try and try and try. And if they fail, they're going to get up and try again. So, you know, um, they don't give up. It's It's been a real pleasure working with these guys. Did you just mention that Diesel is by your side right now? Yeah. Is he able to say something to us as we say farewell? Can he say goodbye, Sherry? Oh, I'm sure he would love to. Okay, so, let's, let's go for it. Uh, hold on, I gotta get... <laughs> And well, get, while you're getting him prepared, I'm going to say that we have had Sherry Davis in conversation. She is the dog master, the dog trainer. Rex, Hudson and Rex, played by Diesel, and Diesel is now going to say farewell on In Conversation. Take it away, Diesel. Say goodbye. Say thank you. Everybody watch. Season four, coming to you. Very soon. <laughs> Thank you, Sherry. Thank you, Diesel. Thank you. Coming up next, what's new, Pussycat? This is In Conversation with Ann Romer. Is there someone you want to learn more about? Drop us a line. Info at 1059theregion.com. Ann Romer will be right back on 1059 The Region. Welcome back to In Conversation with Ann Romer on 1059 The Region. Welcome back. I am a great believer in equality. So we just spent time with Diesel the Drama Dog, who plays a crime-fighting canine on the hit TV show Hudson and Rex. Now let's chat cats. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
Ah, yes, our funny, furry, feline friends, although sometimes ferocious and often precocious, deserve their moment in the spotlight as well. Claudette Lita is a cat trainer and behavior expert who has learned to understand what makes kitties tick in order to help feline-loving families live in peace and harmony with them. And this is cool. She has also trained cats for television commercials. Claudette Lita from Happy Kitty Cat Training joins us now in conversation. Thanks for being with us, Claudette. Thank you, Anne, for having me on your podcast for this cat chat. Um, I'm very excited to be here speaking with you today. Such a pleasure. So let's go back in time. When did you first realize that you had a connection with cats? I think it, well, it went back to my childhood. I've always had this admiration for cats um, when I was a child. I used to take in injured strays and um, and wildlife and um, just kind of cared for them. And and my parents just absolutely just loved that when I did that. Uh, but um, just kind of growing up with animals all around me, I volunteered at animal shelters and vet clinics as a teenager. Then I went to veterinarian tech school uh, where I learned to become a, a veterinarian technician. And I've been doing that since uh, for 23 years. I also, during that time, did canine massage therapy. Um, I became a certified dog trainer. And then that kind of led me to the next step where I went into, um, was interested in doing cat training. And I realized that because um, I find that there was a lot of dog training going on but, and behavior correction, but there was really nothing for cats out there. So, and I just adore and love cats. Um, so I just thought, hey, this is the perfect career to pursue on top of being a regular uh, veterinarian technician. Um, so I pursued this uh, field and here I am. So we see a connection between humans and dogs and we, we can see that they can be taught tricks and, and obedience and behavior and that sort of thing. Cats are notorious for being standoffish. In fact, those who own cats or guardians of cats say that the cats allow them to live in the apartment with them. <laughs> you know, they tend to be the boss. How do you connect with cats? And, and how do you, if you're a cat whisperer, for instance, how do you get through to them? Um, well, I advocate positive reinforcement and rewards. Um, and I do a lot of behavior shaking, shaking techniques, um, which are basically, um, you know, if you're kind of food motivated, um, it helps to um, um, encourage the cat to learn different tricks, um, do different commands, um, you know, get them to do things that you necessarily, they're not supposed to be doing, and rewarding for the behavior that you want to a lot of people, you know, yell or get upset for the cats are, they're, that are actually doing something, but they never reward them for good behavior. And a lot of people forget to do that. So if you have a cat that's meowing excessively, um, if you have a cat that's meowing excessively, then you would want to ignore that behavior. And as soon as the cat has stopped meowing, you can then praise the cat for being quiet. And will they pay attention to that? You know, in your uh, training, I see that you teach cats to sit, to come, 
to get down, to stay. You even involve leash walking and try to hold cats without squirming. Can you really make them understand these behaviors and these these talents, I guess, tricks maybe? It all comes down to luring the cat into doing the behavior, the desired behavior that you want. And so, for example, if you want the cat to sit, then you would want to lure them into the sit position because right now they don't understand a hand gesture, they don't understand the verbal command set. So every time you get the treat bag out and say the cat sits, you reward that behavior. Or if you're trying to teach the cat to sit and you want to lure them into the position, you would basically bring the treat in front of their nose, part to their nose, quickly bring it up above their nose between their eyes, and then reward them once their haunches goes back or they go to a complete sit. So, Claudette, what does Happy Kitty Cat Training offer people who love their cats but need your help? Uh, We offer a range from basic training, um, such as basic commands to sitting, coming, down, um, cat tricks, um, which is, you know, learning how to high-five, shake a paw, jump through hoops, anything that they kind of basically want to learn, teach their cats um, how to do tricks. There are also behavior issues associated with my company. Um, where we do um, socialization, a new cat into a residential cat household that are not getting along, urinary issues, uh, scratching furniture, counter surfing, kitten biting, uh, you name it, we do everything um, to help people um, with their with their cat. In my opinion, you're helping to save the, the lives of the cats because if people who own cats with bad behavior or really big problems, you know, they may be at wit's end and may have to give them back to the shelter or even consider euthanization. And that would be so sad. Yes, yes. But it is very sad. I do get a lot of emails where clients are very upset and they're on their last straws and they're saying, my husband's going to leave us or we have to bring the cats back to the shelter. We can't deal with it, especially the urinary issues, um, um, cats peeing throughout the house. Um, and I'm here to help, and I do help them, and it's, and it's so rewarding to help the people and save their pets from ending up into a shelter. Oh, well said. So, Claudette, you have had experience on the set of commercials with cats, your cats in some cases. Iams, you did a couple of cat commercials for them. What was that like? What did you do? Well, that was an amazing experience. Um, I did this a few years ago, just before the pandemic, and a production agency just uh, emailed me and said, are you interested in doing this? I've never done this before, and I love trying new things. So when they emailed me, I said yes, and I had to go search for a cat. So I um, had some friends that had cats or some clients that had cats, and I even used my own cats um, in the audition. Uh, my cat did make it for the audition, but when we get to a set, sometimes what happens is cats are very upset or they become territorial because other cats are in, in the area. So unfortunately, my cat was quite upset, so he got cut from it. Mm. Um, but we used, we had about, I think I brought around eight to 10 cats with me. And we only used about, um, I think we used about six or eight. Um, so you always have to have that two extra cats on set just 
in case example my cat was um, just horrible on on set so we had to use another backup for, for him um it was so different from what i'm used to doing but it was an amazing experience to be on set and work with these cats uh, the kins were quite challenging um when you do see the ims commercial um in the beginning there's probably a few cats, like I can't remember exactly, but 68 cats, kittens, and they were just playing and you have to set um, the area up for them to um, play in certain areas, get them distracted. So I had to kind of dangle something up in the air so they would look up and, and um, you know, the camera would go in and get the headshot of the kitten looking up. Um, it was a very small set too, so it was easy for the cats to kind of jump over the set. So I had to kind of contain them into the area where they were playing. Um, the other ones, the other sets, which you'll see there's four sets for the IMS commercial. Um, we just had to cut, I basically just had to lure and distract them into um, to, um, behaviors that the camera crew needed them to be in, you know, looking in a certain direction, maybe knocking something over, um, just basically getting their attention. So it was a full day of work, but it was just an amazing experience that I had. And I've seen the commercials, and honestly, you did a great job, as did the cats. In fact, I might say what you do and what you did is perfect. <laughs> yes, it was. Thank you. <laughs> oh, and thank you, Claudette Lita, founder of Happy Kitty Cat Training. Thanks for being with us in conversation. Well, thank you very much for having me in. And I just wanted to add that, um, you know, if you're thinking of getting a cat, please adopt. Um, save a life. Um, there's so many um you know, facilities out there that are doing puppy mills and uh, kin mills, um, especially from Kijiji. Um, I just want everyone to um, know that um, these animals need your support. Um, please adopt them from Humane Societies, rescue shelters. Um, the animals need you, um, and uh, I'm going to leave you with that. Oh, hear, hear. Well said, Claudette. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anne. Claudette Nita and Sherry Davis, thank you for bringing the best out in our furry friends by giving them a pet purpose. Bye for now. Follow In Conversation with Ann Romer on Twitter at 1059 The Region. This is 1059 The Region.